0: Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District.
1: Hello and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline. And this is Lex. And we are doing a podcast on the books that got us into reading because September is Library Card Sign-Up Month. So we are approaching September... It's come faster than I thought it would. So we are going to be talking about the books that got us into reading when we were little guys and uh, the things that really gave us a, a passion for reading and uh, yeah and maybe I guess kind of kickstarted our librarian careers. I don't know. Maybe that's a part of it too. But we will just kind of jump into some of our favorite reads, our favorite childhood reads. Lex, do you want to kick us off? Sure.
0: While I was making my list, I kind of noticed that a lot of mine had a similar theme of, like, magic or adventure with girls kind of being the center, um, and always, like, the little guy kind of coming out on top, and so the one that really was my favorite book, It still is my favorite book, is Matilda.
1: Oh, I um, love Matilda. And I love
0: all of the author's books, um, Roald Dahl's books, but Matilda's my favorite, And then James and the Giant Peach and the BFG also. But I feel like they're adventurous and they're full of magic. And they are just like the little guy who gets to win or overcome something.
1: Oh, I love that. The BFG is the only one. Well, I'm sure there are other Roald Dahl books I haven't read. But that's the only one of those three that I haven't read. Um, But
0: I'm with you. I love Matilda. It's my favorite. I even have it tattooed. That's how much it means to me. Oh.
1: It's
0: It's my library
1: book. That's a good one. Yep, that's a really good one. Yeah, I remember thinking as a kid, like having seen the movie and read the book, like, oh yeah, this is one of my favorites. Like this is so good because Matilda is like just resourceful and doing it for herself. She's got no other option. And I also loved that she was a library kid, like always at the library, always checking out books. So, of course, relatable. My first, and I feel like this, if you've listened to the podcast before, uh, you probably already know this about me and you're like, oh my gosh, you were obsessed. But I am. Um, I was a Dear America books girly. I gobbled those up. Um, If you've never read or heard of a Dear America book, they are like journal Entry books like an epistolary novel and they're all different girls like throughout historical time periods um, usually like big moments in history so like the Civil War the Revolutionary War um, the labor rights movement is one of my favorite ones and they they're usually between like 10 and 14 I would say is like the average age range so I read them when I was like in late elementary school early middle school so I think that like I could relate to that age um so that was i just really loved those and of course and again if you've listened to the podcast you've heard me say it they came with a ribbon that you could use as a bookmark and there's something really magical about that to me they were pretty they were pretty i wasn't
0: really a historical fiction person but i remember those and they were pretty and like velvety covers
1: mm-hmm. the covers were so good always had a ribbon um they've like re-reproduced those now as books um but they have made them paperback which is fine i guess like i prefer them in hardcover because they did have such nice covers um but they don't do the ribbon anymore even if you get a hardcover one they don't do the little ribbon anymore and i'm sure that it's like more work Them, but I love the ribbon. It's part of the magic. It made it it feel more like a
0: diary or a journal.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is where they were like saving their place to come back and write again. Um, And they were cool too because they always had an epilogue. So, even if you were only following this character through like the big historical moment in time, you also got to see like what happened to them after um, and as adults. And there were always like cool pictures and historical notes at the end too, um, so that you could learn about like the actual historical event while the character was usually pretty close to it. It wasn't always perfectly accurate. Um, and then the pictures were always cool. I always love some good pictures in the back of a book. So I loved those. Those were like my obsession. I've been rereading them as an adult. I texted my dad to ask if I still had my collection. I couldn't remember if I had sold them as a kid, like wanting money and not wanting to like reread a book. Um, he's pretty sure they're all gone, which is heartbreaking. That was really dumb of me. Um, But I've been, like, rebuying them and, like, recollecting them again, and it's been really fun to to get them
0: back. I was trying to think of series that I liked, and I couldn't really think of any as a kid where I got into a series. Uh, Maybe the Sideways School... Oh,
1: those were or, fun. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Wayside School. Yeah, Wayside
0: School. I liked those, but I didn't really do the Goosebumps. Mm. And, I mean, American Girl Dolls was a series, I guess. Because each doll had like 12 books. Yeah. But I'm, I mostly did either standalones or I really liked certain authors. The other author I really liked was Katherine Patterson. She did... Um, Bridget Terabithia is probably her most well-known but the one I loved was The Great Gilly Hopkins. Aww. And she was a girl in foster care. She kind of was labeled the bully, but she wasn't. And she kind of had to grow and show who she really was. And I liked Katherine Patterson's books a lot. And I feel like she dealt with a little bit more heavier subjects. Mm-hmm. But in a way that was easy to understand for kids. Those are the only two that I can think of that she wrote. I can't think of the other ones. There's-
1: There's a couple more. Yeah, there's one that's got like an animal in the title and I can't remember what it's called. But Bridge to Terabithia was always the one that stuck with me. Will break your heart. Yes. It still breaks my heart. Yes. But you're right. In like a very like kid-friendly way. Like kids can go through something really tough and can recognize that in other people, but it doesn't need to be like as scary or like raw as it might be for like an adult book. But she also didn't shy away from like, Yeah, grief is really hard and really sad. Or like being in foster care is really hard. Or being misunderstood as a kid is really hard. Yeah, those are good ones. Oh, that is a really good one. I'm actually glad you said that too about having like a favorite author because it reminded me, I didn't put her, well, I put one of her books on my list. But the one that I didn't put on my list, I can't believe I didn't. Um, I was obsessed with Mary Jane Ock. She was another um, historical fiction kind of writer. Um, She wrote a series that I read as a kid, like in early middle school, probably late elementary school, called Journey to Nowhere. Um, and it was about a girl whose family moves to um, Western New York. That's the goal is to get to Western New York, which is where I grew up. So of course, like that resonated with me right off the bat. They are like moving to New, to New York from New Hampshire, I think. It's been a really long time since I read them. But it's a three book series And, um, in the middle of the second book, her family kind of gets stuck in like central, like upstate New York. Um, and her dad ends up working on like building the Erie Canal and her and her brother like run around like their area and kind of like explore together. And one of the places they explore is an old fort. And as a kid, I was like, where is this old fort? Where do you think this is? And my grandpa was super into like engaging me in reading, but also like, helping me figure things out so we like tried to figure out where they were building the erie canal and we took like context clues from the story and figured out like where the fort might be and it was a real fort and we went on vacation one year and like on the way we were passing through that fort like the area where the fort was and my grandpa was like guess where we're stopping we stopped at the fort and i was just like oh this is from my book (laughs) it was like super magical so it was really cool it was like a fun way to like engage me in the story and like build that like world context for me so it was really neat um but the book that I put on my list that's by Mary Jane Ock is called Ashes of Roses um and it's actually a teen book but after reading those three books the Journey to Nowhere books I was like I need more of this author's works and so I read Ashes of Roses and we have it in our teen section but I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade um and it's about the triangle shirtwaist factory fire and that's what kicked off my obsession obsession with the triangle shirtwaist factory so that i mean like that is like a big piece of my life it's very strange to think that like i read this author's books that were meant for my age and then kind of hopped out of my age group just to read more by her and uh really found something that was incredibly formative to my life.
0: <laughs> I know we had said we were doing when we were like a little bit younger, but I had my honorable mentions of kind of when I grew out of the kids' books and I put down The Giver and Perks of Being a Wallflower, which like The Giver was more middle school, and Perks of Being a Wallflower was more high school. But back to the Katherine Patterson, they still deal with those heavier topics, but our ones I've revisited a lot. So that's how I made my list is what have I revisited either as a kid, what did I read over and over and over, or as an adult that I went back to. I always go back to The Giver. I love that book.
1: Yeah, that's when I haven't... I don't think I've read The Giver, but I read Gathering Blue, which is like in that like world of The Giver, I think. But it's been a really long time since I read it, so I honestly don't even remember really what it's about. Another one, I, it's funny because I was gonna say that, Um. you know, you were saying like, that you didn't really read series as a kid. And I didn't think I did, but apparently I did. (laughs) I didn't think I was a series kid because I just don't like, I like a series that's ended so that I know I can like read through it all the way and get to like the end and like have resolution. Um, That's if you've listened to the podcast before, we talked a little bit last couple weeks ago, don't quote me on that, Um, a few weeks ago about um, a series of unfortunate events and they were only on like book six or seven when I was growing up, so I never got into them as a kid because I wanted them to be done. I just wanted to see like through to the end, and I just I was like, I'm not gonna wait for this to happen.
0: Like, um, I forgot about Boxcar Children and Redwall. <sighs> I liked I liked those two, but Redwall's one that wasn't finished, mm-hmm. and then I never finished it. But in Boxcar Children, I don't know if it ever finished or if it always just continued.
1: I feel like there's, like, hundreds of those.
0: Those are series. Babysitter's Club. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Babysitter's Club is more getting on the older end of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's been revamped now. Yeah. But definitely, like, I want to say, like, late 90s would have been, like, the last time that they made a, a new one in that series. The chapter books. Yeah. Marianne
0: was always my favorite. She was the bookish one. Oh, of course. Of course. Yep.
1: <laughs> of course the bookish ones. Did you ever read The Bailey School Kids? Yes.
0: So the more <sighs> we're talking, the more I'm like, oh, I did read series. I read this and I read that.
1: Yeah, I liked things that you didn't necessarily have to read them in order. And I think that's why I liked Bailey School Kids because you could hop around and like, as long as you knew the kids fairly well, you didn't really have to know like there wasn't any like continuing storyline really through like book one book two like there it, there was not order like that um I think I read those in like second grade and I remember just loving those
0: I was really ambitious and read Lord of the Rings in fifth grade probably understood none of it but I feel like that also helped me love reading as I learned young that my mom had read them to me first and then I decided to read them on my own and so I kind of understood, but it was exciting like trying to figure things out on my own. And I think that's part of the best part of reading is getting to explore and learn on your own and you can read things that are maybe a little bit more advanced and it pushes you, especially if you are a reader.
1: Yeah, I love that too. I don't think we talk enough about like age groups for books like yeah of course there are going to be books that are not necessarily appropriate for age groups and they are not um something that like kids might be interested in but like if you pick it up and it's interesting to you and you want to read it like just go for it it's yeah it's like the way that we learn and it's the way that we like kind of push ourselves like outside of our boundary of like this is what I know this is what I love I'm gonna like try to leap beyond that and I think that's really fun um I yeah, there were so many books that I read like so young that I just they it probably wasn't the right time for me, not necessarily like content wise, but like it was just lengthy or there were gonna be words that I didn't know. But it was fun to like I don't know, like go ask your parents like what does this word mean? Or like grab a dictionary. That was my favorite my parents' favorite thing to do was to be like, I don't know, grab the dictionary.
0: My mom do, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I said at the beginning I liked fantasy a lot and so that was had been read to me so it was the next step into fantasy and the fantasy
1: world um, and the movies probably would have been coming out around that time too
0: yeah they came out what yeah, 2000 yeah 2001 so that was probably part of it is I was like I'm gonna read these and be prepared for the movie I feel like a lot of the books on my list that got me into reading ended up becoming movies too so they're still around in our culture and in what we talk about with books and getting kids to read
1: yeah and I think having a movie tie-in helps so that like if you've envisioned something in your head or if you're a kid that struggles to envision something then you have the movie to like either compare your vision to it or create a vision if you couldn't do it yourself like that's it's a nice kind of motivator for kids that either are having a hard time reading or, like, just want to, I don't know, world build and, like, see it for themselves. I love I love a good movie tie-in. You do. And there's all those Twisted Tales with Disney
0: now that tie in the movies with
1: books. Yeah, those are fun. We were just talking about those not too long ago about, like, they're just fun, and they, they like, go beyond the story, and I love that. That's, it's just different. It's fun. Did you ever read The Velveteen Rabbit? Yes. Oh, that's the first time I can remember a book just, like, devastating me. We did that as a class read in second grade. And I don't know if that was too early, but I look back now and I'm like, man, I didn't, I don't think that, I don't I'm think sure. I was, like, able to process, like, all of that story.
0: I'm not emotionally prepared. Yeah. I feel like is the first one I remember that I was not
1: emotionally prepared for. Mm-hmm. But you, like, it's so hard to say I wasn't ready because I still got it. Like, it still made sense to me and it still, like, made me sad. But I was just like, oh, I didn't know that things could make me sad like this. Like, I thought that was just, like, fights with my sister make you sad. Or, like, fights with a friend make you sad. And it's like, oh, no, books and movies can make you really sad, too. Yeah, that was the first time I can remember being just, like, devastated by a book. But beyond being devastated, I think you have another movie tie-in, don't you?
0: Yeah, so I I have The Little Princess and The Secret Garden, which are both by the same author. They also both have movies. And I think those devastated me in a different way. Um, There's a quote in The Little Princess where she's like, all girls are princesses, no matter what. Because at the time, she's, like, locked in an attic, and she thinks she's an orphan. and. (laughs) I just kind of carried that everyone's a princess mentality um, because I don't think she means it in a you get whatever you want princess kind of way, but everyone has this like magical and kindness and can make anything out of nothing because that's what she has to do, even though she was a princess and now she thinks that she isn't. And the lady who's supposed to be watching her is just trying to diminish who she is as a person. So like, that always stuck with me. And then with The Secret Garden, it's kind of the same kind of magical little girl who came from privilege, and then she doesn't have that anymore and has to relearn. But I always liked those kind of princess, magical adventure books, Alice in Wonderland, Ella Enchanted, which is a Cinderella retelling, but in such a good way because it's not her just trying to find a prince or escape her like evil stepmother she goes on an adventure to find herself again and like no longer be a liar because that was her curse Um, but I think those ones devastated me in a good way and in an empowering way
1: yeah I agree I loved Ella Enchanted as a kid and I didn't realize as a kid that it was a Cinderella retelling and I think that's like one of the beautiful things about Ella Enchanted is that you don't really know that it's a Cinderella. Like it's different enough, and it's got like enough of a different message that you don't quite realize it's a Cinderella story until like either you're older or you're told. Um, it took rereading it as an adult for me to be like, oh, okay, I see the connections to where it's like Cinderella. In um, oh, the Secret Garden, I actually just reread this year as an adult. I had read, my school had all these little like abridged classics. I don't remember what they were called. They were like a whole series of books, but they were like a page and then an illustration and then the next page would be the same, like text and then an illustration. And so it was abridged versions of classic novels. And so I read The Secret Garden as a kid, but abridged and I didn't realize that it was abridged. So I was like talking to people about like, oh, I've read The Secret Garden. I know everything about The Secret Garden. And people would say like, oh, do you like this part? And I'd be like, That does not happen in the Secret Garden. It's because I read an abridged version. Um, So rereading it as an adult, I really liked it. And I realized all the little details I lost as a kid, not reading the full version. But I loved in that book that like, it also recognizes like people's capacity to change and like growing and um, having an opportunity to like kind of step back and see like, yeah, like at the beginning of the book, she's not a character that you love to be around. And then she grows and learns and makes friends and starts to kind of, I don't know, like unlock that little piece of her that was always kind of reserved because she didn't have anybody that like really cared all that much about her. So I really love, I love that one too. And I wanted a secret garden so bad. I still want a secret garden. Right. When
0: I see like archways, I'm like, is it a secret garden? Is that for me? Is is it for me to go on an adventure? Is it on I'll fix it. (laughs) And on the flip side of like the more girl heavy books there was um, The Castle in the Attic that I really liked and it was a kid who goes on an adventure into another world. It's been so long since I've read it but he gets to like go into his castle
1: and goes into
0: that world. I feel like they made a lot of those when we were kids. Just like other world secret places.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like engaging with like either your toys or like the little worlds that you build for yourself as a kid Yeah, yeah, you're right That one and Bridgeterabithy is the same way Like this little world that you built for yourself that like you're just kind of playing pretend But it doesn't feel like pretend, it feels so real Oh yeah, I love that one The Castle in the Attic's fun And I feel like that one is a good boy-centric book Um, I... I noticed a lot, like, thinking about the books that I loved. And, of course, like, I was a little girl, so, like, I was reading about little girls. Like, I wasn't necessarily reaching for books with boy main characters. But there were a lot of, like, girl main characters in books. And it makes me happy to see, like, a nice balance now or, like, we're getting closer to being balanced where, like, boys can see themselves in books and, like, seek out, like, cool male characters in books. And the same, you know, the opposite, too. They can also... Seek out like cool stories where the girl is the main character, but they aren't necessarily like I'm a princess. I'm You know like a traditionally girly role so they can Really just get like the wide swath of books and I like I like that a lot I think we've come a long way since we were kids.
0: I noticed that too So I was a little worried I was like you see the statistics on like girls aren't as represented and so I was trying to think of books and a lot of mine were um, and I feel like we both mentioned a lot of those. But I also read books that weren't just about girls. So I think that's important for any readers. You don't have to read just what looks like you. Mm-hmm. You can read other things. And there are things for everybody. And sometimes by the same author, like, Doll has Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And James and the Giant Peach. And then he also has Matilda. I'm trying to think of... The Witches, I the guess. The But it's <laughs> a little boy in that one. But yeah. still...
1: Yeah, maybe Matilda is his only. I'm trying to think. I I swear there's another one with a like girl main character, but it's escaping me. But yeah, very like, you know, like a nice spread. Um, And the Dear America books. It was fun because they also have uh, like a boy alternative called My Name Is America, which interesting. Now that I'm saying it out loud, like. The girls are writing to America, but the boys are America.
0: Ooh. I didn't know that there was a, was a counterpart.
1: Yeah, my school library as a kid had a couple of the boy like alternative books, and but as a kid, I remember thinking like, well, I'm not a boy, so I don't want to read about the boys. Um, I would be interested to read them now as an adult because they're the same format. They're still like a journal entry, but I never picked them up, so I have no idea. How good they are or like if they would have been engaging to like boy readers at that age um and it's cool because some of them are related so i really should have read there's a couple i should have read as a kid because it's like you read the sister's diary first and then the brothers and then there's like a second part to the sisters and they kind of like tie into each other so like the one i can remember specifically is a girl whose brother is going away to fight in the revolutionary war and so she writes about the Revolutionary War, and then it picks up in his diary where he's actually in the war, and then it picks up on hers again after the Revolutionary War has ended, and they're like establishing the United States, and like she, I think they lived in Massachusetts, so like super at the heart of what would have been happening with the Revolution. So interesting, but like I never bothered reading them because I just didn't, I just was not interested in reading books with boy characters as a kid or as much as I am now, like as an adult.
0: I don't know if I was, I think I just anything that had that fantasy element too, I was like I will read it. Um, We mentioned Redwall, I mean that's a mouse, Mm -hmm. so it was like animal characters and magic too. Um, I think it's interesting you kind of veered towards the historical fiction and I was more into the fantasy, Uh, but we still are here in the same place as librarians and love reading and it shows it doesn't matter what you like to read but it still is good reading and exciting and there's so much out there for everybody
1: yeah which is a great segue into library card sign up month if you don't have a library card if you're listening to the podcast and you have never been into our libraries or you don't have a card with us if you live in maricopa county it's totally free so you should pop in and get signed up for a card um we have all the books that we've talked about and so so many more so definitely uh, worthwhile to have a library card um, if you have a card if you're a an avid listener to the shelf logic podcast and you have a library card and you're in here all the time but you have a friend who is still using audible convince them that it's time to get a library card it's such an important thing for us to all have access to the library and be able to check things out for free Um, and you know, we don't have a lot of things here that are completely free anymore, like in this world. So, if you could get a library card and you can get things for free, why wouldn't you? Do you have any closing thoughts on library cards or
0: (laughs) on reading? Um, no, I mean looking at my list and just thinking everything we talked about, I'm 90% sure that all of these were checked out at the library at some point, either my school library or my public library. And then when I was able, if it was something I really liked, I would go buy it. But just have that chance to try something first at a no cost, zero. Like risk. Like yeah, no zero, risk. no risk. Um, and really kind of explore what you like before you commit to something. Because like I said, there are so many different kinds of books and you don't know what you like until you start reading them. And find what you like to get you
1: hooked. Yep, so true. Yeah. You do not have to commit to a library book. If you start it and it's not for you, you just return it. No harm, no foul. Or if you're like me, you slug through it and hate every second of it and finish it anyway because I'm a completionist and I can't give up on a book if I even if I don't like it. Well, thank you so much, Lex. This has been fun. This is your first podcast. So first podcast. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast life. We love to chat books and we would love to hear some of the books that have gotten you interested in reading feel free to reach out to us on facebook or if you see us in the library stop by let us know that you listened and what books got you into reading what really started your passion for reading Um, and we just we hope to see you in the library in september to get signed up for a card and enjoy everything we have to offer this has been caroline and lex and we will see you next time bye Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.